0: Portland Trailblazers picked up a huge victory Monday night over the Great popovich led San Antonio Spurs, 147 to 127. They are back. Forget them losing eight of the previous 10. We get the 25-point blown lead against the Monday night. And definitely don't look at what's behind the curtain, young lady, and get your dog away from the whiz heard of us anyway <laughs> welcome to blazer focus <laughs> podcast i'm a very delusional aaron fentress i cover the blazers for the oregonian oregon live and i'm joined by my main man craig bernbach who is guaranteed to just give me the business today about all my market corrections involving yep. this team i have a new market correction but before we get to all of those shenanigans uh somber news and trailblazers, uh, land the last few days, the passing of, I mean, cameraman John Curry, who was more than just a cameraman. He was a, a, an amazing human being, a, a fun guy to be around and get to know. 30, I didn't realize he'd been there 39 years. Uh, and while the, the Trailblazers world was mourning that, the great Bill Shanley passed away on Saturday morning. Uh, let's start with Bill, because you got to know him very well. I only had a couple interactions here and there. My first year covering the Blazers was during COVID. So I wasn't at the arena and he wasn't at the arena. Um, but you got to know him over the years. Let's start with with Bill. And, you know, we we you know, he, they, they sent him off well last year with a with a, a ceremony honoring him, which I'm so glad people do those kind of things before people pass away. There's too many times where someone passes away, and then they do that kind of thing. So I'm I'm so glad they did that for him. Uh, but he passed away Saturday. Just, you know, you go first. You tell, tell me what he meant to you as a, as a guy and as a, just a, a legendary broadcaster, which is your area.
1: Yeah, so I, I'll say this, and I was telling you this story before, like uh, when I got here, Bill Shonley, he he was just so friendly and nice, introduced himself to me. And then over the years... Um, every time I did a live shot, and you know he was pretty much at every game, and you know uh, for for most of my twelve years covering the team, right. he would come by, give me that strong like half hug, um, t- say how you do? you're doing great, you know how you doing, <laughs> and and just made me feel um, just so welcome. And I you know I bumped into him, uh, you know, once or twice with friends or my wife, and he would just make it. So Pete, like we were the best of friends. Just like, oh, Greg, how are you? I love this guy. The guy's the best. Gave me his cell phone number. I'd been to his house. Um, you know, he let me whenever I needed an interview for something that, about the Blazers that went beyond the court. He was there. Um, if I needed him before the game, just to introduce to do a playoff special, he was there for me. Um, and I. Th- and, and I, I don't want to take this away or this to come out the wrong way. Like I felt like we had this special relationship, but I also knew he had that relationship with like everybody. <laughs> like that's who he was. He just made you feel welcome. And I, he was truly the mayor of rip city. I mean, he cared that people felt welcome in his town and his town was the world of the trailblazers. And I think that, um, he lived 93 years. And for, you know, the backhand, uh, you know, he had a career before the Blazers, you know, he did major league baseball, Uh, the guy, he would tell me he did hockey, like he would tell me these stories. It was just amazing. But I just think that when you live here, and you think of the Trailblazers, you think Bill Shonley, way, way up there, which to me, uh, says something about um, that relationship. I don't know if uh, those kind of relationships with broadcasters will ever exist like that again, just, um, because it started on radio and that was the connection that everyone had to the team was his voice. I mean, I think we all, you know, grew up, I grew up in New York. I have that with, you know, Marv Albert, you know, that, 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 um, relationship and, uh, just a special guy. And, and I'm glad he lived 93 years and I'm glad that he retired, um, while at the right time, in the sense that 92 he retired, right? He got to do everything, and uh, but he'll be missed just because every big thing that the Blazers did, there was a Bill Shanley touch, um, because he was he just was the mayor of Rip City. So, um, yeah, it's, it, it was sad, but at the same time, he lived a great life, and I know, um, he felt that way, you know, I, I he he felt really good about. Uh, his life and uh, with the Blazers, and uh, just a, you know, wonderful relationship with his wife is the sweetest lady. So, uh, best to the family and to all the fans. that will miss him.
0: Yeah, it's it's always been amazing to me that relationship. Uh, and I, I don't like I don't. I was in Portland for a lot of the years when he was doing radio, but I don't recall listening to very many games on the radio. But you know, when he started, only maybe a dozen games a year were on television. So. Yep. the way you got to know the team was through him describing the games and everyone i you know i talked to about it well mike barrett grew up idolizing him from listening to the yep. games rich patterson who's the the radio um their producer grew up listening to him calling the games and now he was their connection to the team and especially when you're young you know that connection can be even resonating more in your mind but he's he retired from broadcasting 25 years ago 24 years ago yep. like it's been a long time yet it's almost like he retired from broadcasting last week. <laughs> He's yeah. so beloved. Well, you heard his voice. You still hear his voice. Yeah, you still hear him you know? around. He'd still be around, but he wasn't calling the games anymore. But the fact that it's that the love affair for him just remained and, and even grew bigger, partly because you know everyone's talking about this, you just talked about this. He was just so gregarious and nice, and we'll walked the re- the arena and talked to people and signed this and signed that. Uh, someone mentioned to me. Oh, Brian Wheeler, I talked to him. and said, good luck, you know, walking with him through the arena. It was gonna take me forever because he was gonna have to stop and talk to a thousand people. Everybody. Uh yeah, so just just an amazing, um just an amazing piece of history. And Lillard talked about that. Lillard talked about how, you know, it's so rare that someone would be with an organization so long to build that kind of relationship with with the fan base and with the community. And it's something, you know, that he, I think he's made it clear that he wants to have, whether he ever gets traded or not. So yeah, definitely amazing member and, of Rip City, and I, I love calling him in there. I think that's perfect. And then, you know, we had him in front of the camera or in front of the microphone, very visible. And then you had someone like John Curry. And Mike yeah. Barrett said that for him, you know, John Curry was sort of like the Sean's behind the scenes in terms of how he interacted with everybody. And I talked to Brooke about this. He never, never seemed to have a bad day. He always had a smile. He always had something kind to say. It was fun to be around. I guess he would organize staff potlucks. He'd uh, yep. bring pickled herring, which no one would eat, but he kept bringing it just almost as a joke. Uh, he was cameraman cameraman four under that baseline for so many years, and would take a lot of hits, take take yeah, a lot yeah. of bodies. <laughs> I get, and I guess the game, the last game he did, he did was last week. I guess he took three yeah, or four right. to the point where Collaboro was talking about it on on TV. Uh, so, yeah, I, I I got to know him from doing things with NBC Sports Northwest. Uh, he would shoot some of those or just seeing him around, obviously. And then he was a big Duck fan. And so he would <laughs> he would always either get on me about something I said about the Ducks or praise me for something I said about the Ducks. But he was a Duck fan with the David Douglas High School military guy. Uh, but, yeah, it's very, very shocking um, to see him pass. You know, he, he, he was out of nowhere with him, whereas Bill in 93, I think he had entered hospice already. So it was kind of like, it was like dreading knowing that was But yeah. like combo. John, it was just literally out of the blue.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I texted Jeff Curtin, director of Blazers Broadcasting, and Dan Hyatt, the uh, producer that, you know, I worked with. I just said he was always there. You know, he was just always there. Like, yeah. I didn't know he had been there 39 years. I knew he had been there for a long time, but uh, he didn't seem, you know, old enough to be in there 39 years, but that he just... Uh, John Curry was just always there, you know, at every Blazers game, every you know Blazers event, behind that camera, and uh, always had a smile and a little wise joke or something like that. Um, just really sad for that broadcast team, you know, they're so tight, and um, for them to have to lose a member like that is 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 difficult. So definitely a uh, uh, not a week of um, happiness. Uh, I just thought the the, the broadcasting team. Uh, Radio and TV did a uh, a great job of honoring both of those people. Tough mm-hmm. to do that, um, you know. Tough to honor, be able to, you know, John Curry, a person that was so tight with them, but maybe the audience didn't know as well. And competing that with, you know, Bill Shawnley's death, I just thought they did a nice, really nice job making sure that they paid played uh, paid tribute to both of them. So hats off, hats off to them. I know they're hurting, and uh, we appreciate them.
0: Yeah, we we sort of made a similar decision. We uh, I've been holding off writing a Curry piece. Until you cleared past uh, Sean, so Curry wouldn't be yep. lost. Because, and I'm glad you're doing that. Well and done. Maybe, and maybe, you know, you, you don't know who he is, but you watched his images. You watched his oh, images yeah. when the guys came into the arena, he was shooting those. Uh, in the locker room, he was shooting those. Um, Pre game with Brooke, you know, sideline with Brooke, uh, the press conferences with Billups or whoever's on the podium, he was shooting those. And of course, under the basket when Sharp comes in for, well, everyone from Drexler on through, right? Coming in for a jam at that end of the arena. He he brought you that that video, so uh, definitely a tough loss. All right. Let's shift to something that obviously doesn't seem to be as meaningful given everything that's gone on in the world of the Blazers the past week. But we do have a basketball team that's playing basketball, allegedly. Um, (laughs) Yeah.
1: They are at a least mess. one side. At least they're playing at least one side of the court a, not, court a night, right? Like at least one side of the court they're doing well a night. Either defense is working or offense is working. They can't get them both, but they've been able yeah. to do one or the other, which means so, a lot of losses. So they
0: are a mess. Um, my first uh, fact of interest regarding them was I thought by the end of January they'd be in the top two. I didn't, I didn't market corrected to <laughs> top four, right? Or top <laughs> six. I think I, have I done two market corrections or one? I, I, I don't know. I think I, mean, I, think I didn't want to stick. So my new market correction, because right now they are. So, okay. They have lost. Well, they lost eight of 10. And then I think 13 of 19, even counting last night's win over San Antonio. They are tied for 12th with the Lakers since I started my market adjustments, they have fallen behind the, the Lakers, OKC, and Minnesota. Remember when I was like, I can't believe they lost to OKC twice and lost to Minnesota. Those two teams have passed them up. They are tied for 12th, yep. but basically in 13th. So my new market correction, all right, is that by yep. the All-Star break, the Blazers, at the very least, will still be in the NBA. Boom! Ha <laughs> ha <laughs> They'll still be in the league. They will not be they will booted. Be the, the, they will not into be the G League from the into the G League. That's my new bold <laughs> prediction. Uh, anyway,
1: he is, uh, he is, yeah, I don't even know. You know you've given up. I, I haven't. Your, opti- I, okay. your optimism if, is over because I, I be- kept on saying to you, I don't know why you're being so optimistic. I'm being the negative I, guy. I, I just,
0: I'm floored at how badly this has gone. And for me, the the biggest two things are Orlando. And the Lakers, if they win those two games, they're one game over right now. And it's not so bad because then they'd be they'd be five and two at home during this home stretch that I pointed to is like, you know, they're saving grace. That's coming up. And instead, they're they're two and three, you know, or yeah, no, two and uh three and th- three and four, three and four with two horrible losses. Uh They have some home games coming up, Utah, Toronto, Atlanta. I don't know if they're gonna win any of those games. They could win all three, they could lose all three. If they go one and two, they can't disaster.
1: win all three. Then they go on the
0: road. Stop. Then they go They can't. can't. They, they, they've, shown, they've shown nothing to say that they can't. I <laughs> believe they I could. I believe they could if sure. they're able to flip the switch from what they were before. But as of right now, I'm with you. They've shown nothing that tells me they're gonna win one, let alone three. Then you gotta go on the road to Memphis, Washington, and the Bulls, the Bulls are playing better. Memphis is obviously really good. Washington's, I think, nailing it in now because they just traded Rui Hachimura to the Lakers, who, by the way, just got better because of that trade. So now, and then AD's going to come back. So that's looking like a better team than you are if you're the Blazers. So I asked Chelsea the other night, I'm like, you guys are two and four. This, this is uh, after the Lakers game, you guys are two and four in this home stretch. Because they'd been talking about it. I'd been talking about all the road games they played. And that was a legitimate thing. They'd played nine more road games did home games before this stretch began. So that's that's legit. That's a lot of road games. But they've done nothing to take advantage of the home games. So I asked him about that, about being in 13th place. Is this slipping away? He said no. He didn't believe it was. He, he thinks they have some potential. They were up 25 in that game. So clearly they had the ability to go up 25. And I'm thinking, well, yeah, but it's a 48-minute game. We all know how the NBA is. Yeah. But the bottom line is yeah. they don't have the ability to close. They can't close games. They can't close games that you think they should win, especially even against the mediocre team. So I'm at a loss I don't know what to say. I still believe that even if they don't make a trade, which I think they definitely desperately need to, that they're going to be a playing team at least. I do believe that. Uh, beyond that, I got nothing. Yeah, I, and you know, I've said
1: playing from the get go, um, and now I said playing
0: from I, the get go. Just kidding. <laughs> I'm just right. When you're right, you're
1: right. You got to claim it, right? And, uh, but I, I don't, I don't see. I, you know, I don't see it. I, I don't see them being better than any of the teams above them. Any? Um, OKC, Minnesota, Utah? Why? Why? They lost to OKC twice. Like, why are you saying that? Because you dream? Did you dream this dream that this team's going to be better? We've why? seen
0: them be better.
1: When? When, honestly, they beat Dallas twice. Once they beat him, no, at no, home, season, I'll give it to that This season, the second, we've seen them right In the first two
0: weeks of the season. The no, first they, had, they had a rise. The they, had, they had a really good start. Then they fell off. They went 9-3. and three, Then they fell to 11-11. Then they pushed back to 16-12. and 12. So I, And then they fell off again. So my point is, they've had these up and downs. The problem is, the upswing hasn't come yet, and they're running out of time to make that happen. We can't sit there and say for sure they're not going to, at some point, okay, we do lose it. seven or eight in a row, but I'm just oh. saying that, I just think there's teams that they're better than ahead of them, they just haven't performed like it.
1: Okay, so I'll say this. The Kings, <laughs> they were I was wrong about the Kings. They're good. They're good. They're good. Utah, I still don't believe in them, but they they stay consistent. They're at twenty, you know, 25 and 25. Yes. Do I think the Trailblazers should be better than the Jazz? Yes. The Jazz are supposed to suck. They're Lauer's supposed to beast. really suck. Dude,
0: Lowry's a beast, though.
1: Right, but oh they, won't they won't suck. He's an all star. They won't. Yes, they won't suck. So but they're not better than the Nuggets. They're not better than the Grizzlies. They're not better than the Kings. They're not better than the Pelicans. They're not better than the Mavericks. They're not they're not. They're not. The Kings are 27 and 19. I don't believe in them, but they're 27 and 19. So I'm sorry. I can't claim they're better than them. And they're true. They're not claiming, but they're (laughs) and also they're they're six, they're five and a half games behind them. So like they're way behind them. Not better than the Mavericks, not better than the Clippers who are getting healthier. I think they're better than the Jazz. Give it to you. They're not better than the Suns once Booker gets back, and the Suns are 24 and 24 and getting Booker back. You know they're going to be better. The T Wolves are 24 and 25, going to get Carl Anthony Towns back. They're going to be better. The Warriors are the Warriors right now. They're going to be better. They're not better than the Warriors, even though the Warriors are 23 and 24. They should be better than the Thunder, but they've shown me no reason. They're not better than the Lakers because the Lakers are going to get Davis back, and they just uh, picked Achiomora, who's a six foot eight, you know, three four, the exact thing that Blazers got no answer for. A a big, a big team. the The Lakers are going to roll out, you know, four guys above six foot eight that can, you know, that can dominate a a game. So not dominate, but. I'm just saying, like, right? Why do you think they're better than them? They're not. So yes, they remain better. So they don't have to be, be. They have to be better than you know two more teams than they are right now. And I see those teams on the up, and the Blazers not showing me any reason to be on the up. Littles played decently since he's come back. Peyton's played you know sporadically okay, but I don't think it's a huge impact. So if they don't make a trade, the Lakers are better. Uh, are just going to get better drop one of those teams out so that they're not there like so if utah drops out and the lakers move in the blazers are still on the outside looking in they're better than the spurs they're better than the rockets that's where they are in the standards <laughs> I, I just i'm just saying like i don't see them better than when you list the teams you say you think they're in a playing team and i say okay not right now could they go on a run yes but um, so, I mean, one of the questions we, we had for this beautiful podcast is, can this team recover? M- my guess is your answer is yes, it can
0: recover. I mean, look, I, every team you mentioned has had their downswing and then their upswing. The Blazers haven't had another upswing. Are they going to have one? I can't guarantee that at this point. I thought it was going to come now. Like I said, the Orlando and, and, and Lakers losses really bother me um, and make me wonder and then, of course, giving up 127 points to the Spurs, who have one legitimate scorer in, in Johnson. To me, as far as I'm concerned, so yeah, I think there's a lot of red flags. Pota po- looked you know. like Pol looked like Will. <laughs> <laughs> sort of, sort of merit for that man. Uh, yeah, but no, I, I mean, you got the Warriors at ten. You know, like you said, Suns, Warriors, T Wolves, where the Jazz open uh, Lakers are. Gonna, yeah, I mean, I think they're in big trouble. I, 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 I mean, I do, like I said. I came into that home stretch expecting something. I haven't seen it. They have issues with fouling too much. Turnover is still a problem. Uh, the defense is 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 marginal. Uh, they can't close out in the fourth quarter. They have one of the better closers in the league, but he's not closing games. The team isn't closing games. Defensively, they're not closing games. They definitely look undersized in some of these games. Like you, you see him, like the Lakers, Thomas Bryant destroyed because you had no destroyed. answer for him. They got Nurkers out of the LeBron. game. Right, yeah. LeBron's running around. Either he's got Dame on him, switching and Dame's in the post Oof. with him, or he's got some guy like even Grant, who's just too skinny, or he's got someone shorter, or he's got someone nowhere no near as athletic and your rim protector was you, base because you got Nerkatai there. And then Thomas Bryant's just looking like Shaq, maybe Shaq against you, 31-something 30, like or whatever. Just all the follow-up dunks. 31-14. And and yeah, and it just made them look small. Like, the Lakers made them look small. So imagine Rui was 6'8", 6'9", and then Anthony Davis comes back. That's a series that the Blazers would have no chance of winning. I would say no chance. And so if they play them in a play and they're like a one game plan. You got a shot in a one game plan, I guess. But you know, I don't know. So yeah, it's it's becoming dicey. There's there's no doubt about it. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give up on them yet until they're like, for me, they got to be like six games under, and then I'll probably wave the white flag and say because there's no way they're gonna recover from being six games under and chase all these teams. Win because after they go on the road for three starting next week and then come back for five home games, from that point on, most of their games are on the road the rest of the season because they will have caught up in the road-home yeah. balance and surpassed it. And if you're six, five, six games under and you've played the majority of the games at home, in this conference, you're toast. You're toast. So I'm going to give them a benefit of the doubt until I see more. But, uh, yeah, it's not looking good. Yeah, I don't know why. I mean, honestly, I don't know why you give them the benefit of the doubt. Like, I just don't. <laughs> because we've seen uh, them play so much better. We've seen it. It's I, like we haven't seen I, it. We've seen it. So, can they recapture that? Can I, they?
1: I, I don't know. I, I don't. You, you're acting like they're recapturing something that's been there for more than the first, you know, few weeks of the season. It was, and I don't. It was
0: more. It was more.
1: The, the sli- this slide the, began in December, a month ago. Their wins against home, uh, good teams in the last, you know, even when they were okay. Well, they're just not there, you know, and they and they can't they can't oh. defend when they need to defend. And look, Damian Lillard is scoring 50, 40, 39 points in games they lose. So he quote-unquote can't close because at the end of the games, people know how to defend him. They put two on him, they push him off, and no one else can do anything. You know, and it's not his – he's still averaging 30 points a game. So – and he's shooting – he's not shooting horrifically anymore. He went through a slump, but it's not like – it's not like you're not getting what you need from Dame, and that's the part that scares me. Because all along we've said, you know what? If you got a, if you got Damian Lillard playing at an All Star level, then you're, it's going to be hard for your team to be bad and not be around, you know, be 500. Well, I was wrong <laughs> because he's playing at an All Star level. He might not make the All Star team based on you know lack of the games, and he might, and also because the team's not ver- not very good, but. He's playing at an all-star level. I mean, he put up 50 and they lost. He scored 30 points and a half and they lost. Like, I was wrong. Apparently, this team can still <clears throat> not win games if Damian Lillard's playing at, at a Damian Lillard all-star level. And, you know, some of that, the inconsistency of, of your guy, Simons, is just not there when you need him. Um, obviously, their bench has been just terrible. Um, worse than the NBA. Yeah. Oh, it's just horrible. Like, you can't... I mean, Sharp's your best player, and you know, like, he scores... He does great against the Spurs when you give up 107,000 points, when you score 2,000 points, because he could score, he could dunk, and if they don't... The Spurs are the worst defensive team in the league, so they let him, you know, get everywhere on the court, Mm -hmm. but he can't guard anyone on the other side. So it just... You know, they won because the Spurs are are terrible, and the Blazers aren't terrible on offense. You know, they were great. Uh, But, yeah, I just... They're going to have to something's going to have to change. So, um okay, just and That's just where a, it comes down to. I know, you know, I'll transition to
0: our next topic. Wait, wait, wait. I want to clarify one thing first. Okay, go ahead, clarify. Okay. You said the first few weeks they were on December 17th. They were yeah. 17 and 13. So, it's been a month of, of badness. Prior to that, they had wins over to over Minnesota, Indiana, Utah, your next, but no, I don't count, I guess. Uh, New Orleans at no New Orleans, Miami two wins over Phoenix Denver Lakers so and the Kings so they've beaten all the good teams in front of them that they need to be except I guess Golden State something they have beaten yet so and when was that? when was that when no, was that last victory when was that last victory well yeah they, they, okay. they're, they're the only wins over winning teams since are wins over Dallas in the last month yeah. they have no other right and the okay. second one doesn't count okay I'll clarify you saying the first few weeks of the season it was the first all, two months of the season. Month. Two okay. months. They started mid October to mid December. Two months. And the last I month has been bad. So that's why I'm saying we've seen them be a lot better and we saw it through 30 games. Maybe that was a they fourth were- and we're in reality now. I don't know. They have so had a lot of injuries. Is- they've had a lot of problems, but the last week or so, they've been healthier and still they're losing. That's what's a yeah, lot I- to me. They were 10 and three, right? Nine and three. They, then they, were they went to eleven and eleven. Well, no, they been nine and three and they lost to Dallas. So they were nine and three. Okay, so they were ten then so they, they fell were 9 to eleven eleven. Then they went to seventeen and thirteen. I'm gonna say and nine they... and three, and now they're
1: twenty-two and twenty-five. So you're nine and three. Since then, you're you're thirteen and twenty-two. Yeah. That's perspective. That's the truth. They were nine and three. Since that, they are thirteen and twenty-two. That's bad. Yeah, but you're yeah, your No, I'm just saying they were nine and
0: three and they're thirteen. Exactly. And they were they were seven they were seventeen and thirteen. That's fine. That, that's but... when they started falling off. They were seventeen and thirteen. And that's worse then. Five or six. They <laughs> then
1: five they're and five six. and thirteen you know, they're five and thirteen. You know, but I'm just right. saying like exactly. you take out that nine and three start and that and whatever you want to slice it up, put it you know, th- their record is bad and they have not shown signs of consistency and i don't know where they're going to get it because some of the guy you know some of it is the players but it's you know the when you aren't when people are adjusting to beat you in a game when your guy scores 50 i don't know where else, you know like uh-oh <laughs> that's uh-oh right you, you, you it's hard it's hard losing games and when your your guy scores 50 or 30 and a half so I will transition into well, the, right, to, right. you know to the next part is like you know after that uh after the loss of the, the Lakers uh, Chauncey said some weird stuff in my opinion about lack of experience and it looks like you know, you know from what you're writing he was talking about himself
0: because he can't be yeah, talking about was. his players he was. he was talking about
1: himself. Good. so what does that mean? You know, I mean, like, I, I, what, what does that mean when when the coach is saying that he has to take some of the blame? Um, well, it means he's accountable. He's not. He's not. Right. He's how not does lying. that? How does that? You are you going to get better in a week? You know, this is <laughs> I I don't get that part. Right. You're an NBA coach. Guys have taken over NBA teams, and you know, after barely being an assistant and won championships. Now, it's because the talent's so great. What teams that they take over. Right? That's what I'm saying. The town is so great. They took over the bowl. So is it the <laughs> is it the coaching, right? Is it that? I mean, look, any team with LeBron, anyone could take over and get to the finals. I mean, that's just kind of how it's been. Um so that's what I'm, I am I don't understand what that means, right? Like are well, he, uh, is he, he saying that that yeah. he's the one he's making his players worse? No, no, no. He all you said Okay.
0: He, asks, he answers questions all the time about what's going wrong on the court. And yep. he himself <clears throat> said, hey, you know, I have to share blame in as well. I have to figure out a better way of, of getting my guys into a better position to succeed. And, you know, I'm, I'm part of the problem. So to, to me, he's, you know, I, I would expect well, every coach makes, quote, unquote, mistakes. I would expect a, a relatively inexperienced coach to make mistakes. I think he's just throwing himself in the mix, as yep. you know, with his players. And Damien said, you know, that says a lot about him. He's a player. He know he was a former player. He knows uh, a lot about the game from both sides. And it's big of him, him to also <clears throat> take the blame. But he said he doesn't see it as the coach. Jeremy Grant says he doesn't. Not that either one of them would throw them, him under the bus anyway. But their, you know, their thing is like we're not performing. Like we, we have to put the ball in the basket. We have to do the things we need to do on defense to make it more difficult for the other team to put on the basket. I honestly, like, I, I, for me, the coaching thing in the NBA has always been weird to me because we all know what teams win championships. We all know, like, Phil Jackson is considered one of the greatest teams of all time. He took over a team that had just been to the Eastern Conference Finals and had Michael Jordan. Then he takes over a team that has Kobe and Shaq. Then he goes to the Knicks, and all of a sudden, he can't do a damn thing. Well, why? Because he didn't have Kobe, Shaq, Michael Jordan, and Scott So Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr lost Clay and Curry and those guys and won like two games. He got those guys back, they win a championship. So so we know on purpose. (laughs) Right. So we know how we know that you can't coach a bad team and win in the NBA. You can win some games. You can't. Okay. In the NFL or football, you can do some things schematically to survive and surprise and maybe get into the postseason. Or you can do something like Bill Belichick did the year he won a Super Bowl, Tom Brady's first Super Bowl, which Tom Brady had barely anything to do with, by the way. He That guy, if ever a coach ever willed their team to winning a championship with marginal talent, it was that season. They scored three offensive touchdowns the entire postseason and won the Super Bowl because Belichick was a defensive wizard and they had the special teams rolling. Yeah. You can't, and, it, and in baseball even, you can manufacture, you know, money ball, right? In basketball, if you don't have the horses, it doesn't matter what your exes are down. Now, when you get to the finals and you got two titans, yeah, now coaching matters and strategy and manipulation and stuff. Like that. But all that other stuff, like what, what's Popovich doing since Duncan left? Not. Nah, he's tanking right now. He's trying to get a lottery pick. So I'm not going to sit here and blame. I'm not going to sit here and say, they would be so much better if they had a different coach. Really? You, you said that about stocks. Everyone wanted to run stocks out of town. Well, stocks is gone. I didn't. Defense only a little better. Offense pretty much the same. Like, you need dudes. And this team is too small still. Now, I thought they could overcome that and still be a playoff team. I'm doubting that now, of course, but I'm not going to throw. oh, it's all on Chauncey Billups. Okay, who's the magical coach you're going to hire? <clears throat> like, I asked that about stocks. Okay, who's the magic coach you're going to bring in here who's going to make that team a contender? Who's the magic coach you're going to bring in right now if you fire Billups and make this team a contender? It's garbage to me. You need dudes. They don't have enough dudes above 6'6". I.
1: You, everything you said is correct. It's just a little too extreme. I do not think they should fire <laughs> Billups. No, I don't think it's I will. No, yeah. of course yeah. not. You gave him a five-year contract and whatever. You weren't winning a championship this year either. Anyway, so what's the point, right? He's not he's – not, the problem is you didn't get better, and that's bad. And it's not good for his future as a coach, right? Because he hasn't – you don't give up – I will say this. Um, you're right about top-level – you need to win uh, top level talent to win championships. No one wins in the NBA without a superstar. Boom. But over time, Mike Brown's a good coach, and the Kings are better. Right? Coaching has something to do with that. They didn't get ridiculously more talented. He's he's got them clicking. He's changed some things, and in games at crucial moments, he's made good decisions. I I think um, that that matters. The Miami Heat. Are always pretty good, even when their talent is, eh, even when they've got injuries, because their coach is really good. You cannot give up 25 point leads and not look at the coach and say you had something to do with that. Like that's somewhat on you. You can't continually start games down 15 to two with the talent the Blazers have. Uh, I'm not saying look, I've been down in their talent as I said they're a playing team, but they shouldn't be consistently giving up. 20-point runs, and having no answers. Look, there were moments, and I'm not a coach. I sent enough time on a bench in college uh, with a clipboard to know I'm not a coach, but to know some stuff. Some of the stuff was bad. Like, you can't let LeBron go one-on-one with Damian Lillard. Like, you have to have it consistently. It can happen once in a while. Uh, so there's some coaching there, and that's why he needs to take ownership. But you can't just rule out and just say, yes, they can't win a championship with this roster no matter who. Who's coaching them? Pat Riley can come back and he's not going to coach into a championship. But there are things that right now Chauncey Billups um, should be doing better. And stopping 25-point, you know, blowing a 25-point lead is bad. Like, it's bad, <laughs> Aaron. Like, but, okay, but is that but you is and I could have coached. Call time that, out
0: at some point. Like, figure it did, out. He did call timeouts, But like, again, yeah, like, I'm just saying, like, he didn't so, talk so about I the right so, stuff. Someone has to just show me, like, because I, I, I feel like the, the world of well, sports, Mike, but Mike world, Brown,
1: are you telling me Mike Brown didn't
0: do anything to turn around the Kings? I think Mike Brown has done a good job, but they—you act like they didn't add Sabonis, Keegan Murray, and Kevin Horter. Like they had yeah, three legitimate pieces to their roster, and you still have Harrison Barnes, who's a good veteran guy. Like it's not like they don't have good players they do and they started out slowly and then they hit then they hit a run so you know the Blazers started out quickly and then they hit a low can they get a run back Are the Kings going to fall? we don't know yet I'm not saying Mike Brown is a good coach but someone's got to show me like what the Blazers are not doing schematically and and they have other coaches on the roster like he's got Scott Brooks there so Scott Brooks saying no you need to be doing this and Sean's just like no I'm doing like I don't I don't think that's going on. So it's like But that's why coaches, coaches get. But that's why I get coaches get
1: fired, Aaron. Not coaches because fired, we know what but, they're doing. But coaches get. Schematically coaches wrong. get
0: fired because that's just the the, the culture of sport. Sometimes, when you lose, someone's got to take the blame, and someone gets fired. And, and often they get fired the time, because players
1: they lose the locker room. They lose the locker
0: room. Ninety percent of the time, though, when uh, when someone gets knee jerk fired, the team doesn't hire someone better and be better. There's a there's some, case, yeah. some cases where you do, there's a most Agreed. cases where you don't because you got and to and no one's advocating that here. Right, I know that, but no people, one's no, advocating I know that. not not here, but I'm just saying the like again, someone needs to yeah, sit down with me at X's down. and O's that knows the NBA inside and out and explain to me Chauncey Billups is filming because he's not having this team do this and that and that and why. Because I heard all this garbage about Stas. Stas needs to be doing this, Stas needs to be that stars, stop, 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 So we can just cycle recycle coaches forever here if we want. Yeah, that's what we do. But until they go out and get another legit star who has some length, they added one in Grant. Great. You're, you're big and and, some, and uh, Nurkic can be really good one night and really awful. You lack athleticism and size. Just even just having some like Thomas Bryant looked like Shaq against these guys because no one on the roster could do anything with that guy, and we know he's not Shaq. He totally exposed how bad this team is when it comes to effective height and size. It was just, it was awful. Anyway. Yeah,
1: I'm, uh. I'm just saying coaching matters. It might, it doesn't it doesn't win you a championship necessarily, but but it matters at a po- some point. You can't just say it matters nothing at all and that the Blazers, you know, that, I mean, Bill upset it. Some of it's on him. Like there is some of it that's on you. You gotta have, you gotta make it, uh, you can't lose 25 point leads at home. To mediocre teams. You can't. I mean, when you're better than them, talent wise, the Lakers, I don't care. Thomas Bryant, uh, he hasn't done that to everyone. So there, you did something. Uh, he, The, the Lakers right. did something to make
0: him do that. They, they, right. They exposed that you have that, well, Durkitz went out of yep. the game and you got Eubanks on him. And then you had LeBron yep. running around with no one who could come close to checking him. So you, 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 they just killed him in terms of size and athleticism. And that was clear. So one team's getting inside and getting dunks. The other team's relying on threes from Anthony and Dave. I'll take the dunks all day, all day. <laughs> I'll
1: take so, the dunks all day. so uh, trade deadline. What what do the Blazers uh, need? What do they do? I mean, the Lakers just made a good trade. I mean, they had Hachimura, six foot eight. You know, the numbers shoot, say like he can shoot. If he gets more shooting, um, he obviously can. He can guard multiple positions. Um, didn't come that extensive. They didn't need none. They gave up some second-rounders or whatever, but uh, um, no, not what do you expect? Do you think this team <clears> – <throat> do they have the ingredients to make a major trade? Because that's the thing. I I don't know. They have – I don't think they can make a major trade because I don't think they have major pieces
0: that yeah, they're willing so to give up. R- Rui's R- R- a nice ad. He's shooting this year 34% on three. His career 36. I guess his catch-and-shoot is 41. That's what I saw the other day. And they imagine he's going to do a lot of catch-and-shooting with LeBron. Uh, so, but you know, he's not obviously a star, but he's still, like you said, he gives him some more size, he gives him some more uh shooting, at least the playoff of LeBron, which is what they what they needed. Uh as defensive rating, not great. But still, it's you know, it's it's good depth, or maybe he's gonna start and just help balance their lineup a little bit. Can the Blazers pull off something like that or better? Yeah, I think I think it's possible. I think there's gonna be a lot of, a lot of sellers coming up. <clears throat> Teams were just going to just say, let's just screw it because this is such a deep draft. So I think there's going to be some teams out there who might do a reverse of what the Blazers did last year. The Blazers were like, okay, we're having a fire sale. Come and get CJ. Come and get Powell. Come and get Covington. And you know we'll take <laughs> future draft picks and uh, trade exceptions and conditional draft picks and Josh Hart and uh, uh, Keon Johnson and Justice Winslow and call it good. So we'll see if they can find someone like that who will take some pieces for a major piece or semi-major piece, you know, I, I obviously they've been, I mean, Cronin has said that his plan consisted of this trade deadline and through the summer. I think their feeling was the summer was going to be more likely for something big to happen if something's going to happen. Um, but if they can just find some size, some athleticism in the form of anyone 6'8 or over who can give you some quality minutes at the f- three, four, or five, I don't care, <laughs> but who can match up athletically with some of these other guys running around the league who are just taking it to the Yeah, I think that,
1: you know, that that's obviously plan A, if you get that. Um, I do think they also might just have to ship some people out because they're not going to be worth anything. And if they're not going to win anything this year, and even a play-in is, you know, or their best-case scenario, which <laughs> – might not be because you don't want to lose your draft pick necessarily. Like, what's Josh Hart doing on this team, right? Like, what? Why would he's gonna he's gonna uh, take us? He's gonna opt out. You, you might as well try to get something, right? Um, if he's not gonna help you win right now, and he's certainly not, um, and he is a player that that a contender would want, right? I mean, he he brings stuff and something. So I think there might be a deal where people don't see a big piece coming in, but they see some kind of piece, whether it's draft picks or maybe a very young, you know, a young player with, with potential that a contender doesn't want. Um, do you see that as a possibility? I mean, what's the point of keeping Hart if, you know, if you're not going anywhere this year?
0: Yeah, I, I can see Hart being a guy who becomes expendable because if if you look at, like we just talked about with the lack of size and length, you had a six seven three who was doing the same things Hart was, but Giving you six, seven in length and, and some more scoring, and Hart was coming off your bench, I think this team is twenty-five and twenty-two instead of twenty-two and twenty-five. Yep. Um, so yeah, if you if you don't have any plans of bringing Hart back as as depth down the road, then because he might end up commanding 17, 18 million a year. Who knows? He's making yep. 12 now. Uh, then yeah, you, you want to move him and he could be attractive to a team trying to shed salary. You know, he'd, he'd be one of the pieces definitely in play if a team's looking to move someone who makes 25 million. Like, I, like, ideally, John Collins is just being wasted in Atlanta and the Blazers are yes, interested in him to begin with. If you could package, like, I, I, you know, obviously no one's going to be shitty sharp in that, but if you could do some kind of package with draft picks and heart and whatever <clears throat> and get someone like that, to me, that would be a coup. Cause now you're starting him at the four and Grant at the three, you're, much different looking basketball team, uh, if you pull that off. But I think Atlanta can get more than that for him. We'll yeah, see.
1: that's the problem. The Blazers right. don't have what you know, they can't give them first round draft picks like you know, a first round draft pick like others can. You know, what right. I mean, like, right. and and John Collins, everyone thinks that about him in the league. You know, there's injury potential, but I mean, the Knicks, you know, you f- I follow two teams, and Knicks have been talking about John Collins forever, right? Yeah, know. You know, they're it's just it's your Bulls will probably be talking about him. You know, he's this. Long guy who's really athletic who hasn't reached his potential. That's not you know still on the edge of young. So uh, and you're not going to trade sharp for him. So I just don't see that happen happen. You know, right? Um, it,
0: it has to be a situation where someone's looking to, to just dump a contract. and Obviously, they can be better. I'm just making an example. Yeah, I'm um, not you're Looking, of, of, some, looking not for someone like, that. like the Blazers were trying to move CJ's contract, and so they yeah. took heart in a trade exception. You know, can you find someone who's looking to move a bad contract? What for them is a bad contract for cap relief, heart, whatever else, you know, how do you make it work without giving up, you know, Ant or, uh, or Shaden, then that's the type of thing they are looking for, I think. And that's- gonna yeah, be To really
1: me, hard. the only the only blockbuster trade that can happen is if you, you decide to give up on Simons and trade him. No, I don't say give up. I mean, trade him for someone else that you think is right. on that level. Because to me, that's the only, to me, that's the only attractive piece you're not trading Sharp. I mean, that's just crazy. Like, it, like, I wouldn't trade Sharp. I mean, I'd trade him for Durant.
0: Right. Yeah, you know, I know you always <laughs>
1: say it, but you know what I mean, like, I'm not, you know. But it, what's the point? You're not winning a title this year, so you're not trading Sharp. And si- uh, Simons, you know, there's a point where you might see maybe there's a 27-, 28-year-old guy, and I don't know who that is, that is on the all-star level. I mean, maybe, you know, your guy – you know, Levine wants it's over for them, you know, and they want it. It's not going to happen. But, you know, I, mean, see, I could see that uh, now. And maybe they potentially try to get a younger guy with a contract that's more manageable and hope that he takes the next step with them.
0: And they have um, a need at point guard. He, right.
1: right. You know, I mean, I'm, yeah. that's the creative. But, you know, the more he plays a point guard, the less people are going to think he is a point guard. So he might, <laughs> you might be careful there, right? Hey, now. Um, well, it's just the truth. It's just the truth. I mean, you can't, you know, th- he hasn't, He ain't, he's not a poor, he's not a, uh, his, his ceiling right now is not CJ McCollum, I mean, like his basement's not CJ McCollum yet, right? He's not there yet. Like, that's his basement in your world. And I take, CJ's c. better than him right now. Mm, is he? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think yeah. he is. Yeah. I think he is. I think when you, when he comes in and plays, the, they score the same. Yes. Yeah. I'm strong on that. I mm. mean. I still get it. He's still younger. He's still, you know, cheaper. So all those reasons for making that trade remain true. Um, Because, again, this wasn't going to be the year that they won the championship. I just don't see it going. Uh, It hasn't been what I had hoped for him. Like I I thought he was going to be more consistently better. So, um, all right,
0: we're up against name. The name I would look at would be uh, P.J. Washington, someone like that. That might be kind of guy you get, you know, a solid big man, versatile, um, that might be the best they can do. Anyway, just throwing a throw, throw name out there real quick. Okay, Factor Fentress real quick. Yeah, no let's do else. it. What do you got? Okay. If the Blazers are... Eh, I'm already going. Eh. Six games, <laughs> six games under 500 or around there at the break, which is February 19th. Tread deadline is February 9th. Uh, they need to just tank.
1: What do we mean by tank? Like I don't know what that I mean, means. They trade people I, out. I mean, I mean what well, you, are you can't trade do? people
0: out. You can't trade people out because the trade deadline. Okay, no, that's what I'm saying. Tank, like right, tank so might we- be strong. Um, I I think
1: <laughs> they won't have to tank. They'll just have to keep playing. Yeah, there's six games I out. Think, like I think I don't maybe get it. guys not start, good.
0: guys start missing a couple of weeks here and there for this or that. And you kind of just say, let's just get deep into the lottery again because we're screwed, as opposed to grinding to try and get into the play in. I don't even know if this qualifies as a factor of Fenturus. I think I found I sound very defeatist right now. Whereas in yeah. the part of this, I was like, they can still do it. Uh but yeah, I, if they if they fall to six games be a little five hundred by the break, they're done. They're they're not they're not with with more of their games on the road than home the rest of the way, they're not gonna dig their way out of that hole. I just don't buy it. And so at that point, you know, I think guys will start coming up with injuries and they'll be undermanned and they'll lose a bunch more games and end up with, you know, a top six picky. So uh, I think it's
1: I think it's fact that but I don't know if they'll I, I, in the sense that if there's six games out uh, by the by the break, they're they're done and they're, they're best. I mean they they could still compete for the play in which would be annoying if you somehow won that and then won you know lost your draft pick by winning a, you know getting winning a real playoff game um I just don't know what tanking means like to me the only way you tank tank is if you don't play Simons and and uh, Lillard and I just don't see Lillard sitting out games again uh the way he did last year um and I don't I don't think you do yourself any good by sitting simons like i think if you sit lillard and you let simons go again i don't know like at some point he's got to he's got to raise his game and learn uh he wants to be an all-star he's got to start playing like one um so i don't know how you tank with this team if you're six games if you play hard and you play with a healthy team and you're six games out at six, at games, under, break,
0: six games under six, six
1: games under 500 at the All Star break I think you can continue to play the same way and keep losing, and you'll just yeah, but there, you'll but, just lose.
0: I know, but there's ways to manipulate that. Where you know, Damian yeah, Lillard has a calf again two weeks. You know, Anthony has yeah, a yeah hit, I, two I, weeks. It's this that would be
1: the smart thing to do. It would be silly to be six games under 500. Uh, bust your hump. To lose your draft pick, right? Because that's your best case scenario. You're not winning a championship. You're not getting to the Western Conference Finals. You don't have a bunch of, you know, um, guys that need to learn how to play in the playoffs. <laughs> so you know, what I mean, like that's not what All this right. team is like yet. I mean, I know Grant hasn't had a lot of experience in the playoffs, but he's not the kind of guy that you're like, well, got to get him in the playoffs. I mean, Dane's played in a thousand playoff games. Um, Simons hasn't, you know. So it, it, I'm not. But this isn't the team. That's going, right? Like, it's not like you had, you know, Lamarcus, Brandon Roy, you know, Damon Lillard or CJ, all these young people. are Like, well, we just need to get them a taste so that they're there next year. Like, this team is not going. If they're six games under this team as constructed, most of it won't be there if they ever contend for a championship. So, yeah, that's that is 100% fact. It's just a soft, (laughs) it's just a soft thing. Like, of course. It's like, hey, if I. You know, like, what do you like? Yeah, they. Okay, if this team um, really sucks. You know, they're I, gonna suck. Look, man. Uh, <laughs> you're t- Yeah, I got it, man. I'm, I'm you, 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 you have, uh, <laughs> you, you have, you have given the benefit of the doubt and heard me tell you why uh, you shouldn't. And now you're at the point where you want to still fight. You still want to fight, but you can't because it's you've got you. They haven't given you any cookies. They haven't shown you any signs. So. Uh, but you know <sighs> who kn- all takes you win three out of four and we're singing a different tune that's what's great about it you know you can complain about an 80 you know an uh, 82 game season Mr. Kerr but that's why it's good for the podcast baby <laughs>
0: <laughs> alright on that note I took my licks today well deserved um, thanks for listening to the Blazers Focus Podcast uh, we'll be back next week after the Blazers going on six game winning streak And I will make more market corrections in reverse for Aaron Fentress or for Craig Burnback. I'm Aaron Fentress. Click that subscribe button. Give us a five-star rating. We appreciate it. And we will catch you next week.